Welcome to Something Blue, wedding planning with a 21st century bride and groom. My name is Aaron. I'm the bride. My name is Maxwell. I'm the groom. Today marks 259 days till our wedding day. Uh, this is a disclaimer. Um, these are our personal opinions and experiences. Our whole purpose of this documentary and podcast is to explore how our experiences shape how we view weddings and marriage and the many stereotypes and traditions that surround it. This is not a commentary on anyone else's choices in their wedding planning process or marriage. You do you, bitch. So let's get into it. So before we start talking about the nitty gritty uh, process of wedding planning, um, we thought it was a good idea to go ahead and talk about proposals. So this episode is going to focus on um, the expectations versus reality of proposals, uh, the many stereotypes around uh, proposals for both men and women, mm-hmm. and um, what we did when uh, you proposed to me. Yeah, it's, I think it's a good place to start because this whole thing starts with a proposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. So, I mean, diving right in, there are tons of proposal expectations um, for both women and men. And Mm -hmm. for our purposes, we're just going to talk in general for both people who identify as women and people who identify as men. Yeah. Uh, I think the first one that we see so much uh, really depicted in the media, but also you hear like family say it, you hear friends say, I mean, it's everywhere, is the idea of the nagging woman. Yeah, it's kind of this universal idea, you know, that everybody kind of experiences. Yeah, um, like the idea that you have to egg the man to get engaged. And this really promotes the idea that the man doesn't really want to get married and that he's pleasing the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, that takes the responsibility away from him during the planning process, you know? Yeah, it's like, um, well, okay, I'll finally give her this, you know? Yeah, or like, oh, you know, uh, the old ball and chain. Like, I mean... Uh, gosh so much and we'll get into this in even more detail later but the idea of um like last day of freedom it's just all of that mindset is completely toxic and why on earth would you begin your partnership your life with another person with the mentality that um oh well you know she nagged me to get to this point or Um, You know, this is kind of just what we have to do. Like the whole idea of the woman nagging the man to get engaged. It's really it's it's really not usually on the woman who's actually getting engaged. It's the media that surrounds it. It's often the family that surrounds it um, because there's so much family pressure. And I think that works the same way for men, too. There's this societal pressure that. You know, this idea of success where by a certain age you have to be married and have kids and stuff. And I, you know, I guarantee that if it's a widespread enough viewpoint that this kind of ball and chain mentality that these men are only getting married because they believe that that's what success is. You know, it's that's just a part of what it means to be a successful man growing up. I will challenge that idea, okay. though, because... Um, I would say that women's success are s- measured so much more by their romantic status than men. Mm-hmm. And wh- I do understand what you're saying because you're like, people do ask about it um, when men are, you know, but it's not until they are like in their late 30s that men get the question, oh, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to have a family? Women get that from their 20s mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And that's something that it's like, 
men are given that time to be them and to, to be a man and to find themselves and to establish their career. And um, while this, I think, this trend is changing, it's still so present in older generations and more traditional schools of thought mm-hmm. that, like, you as a woman are not successful or you do not deem, like, a status of um, doing well in life or have achieved anything in life until you're married and have kids. Right. Like, so where I do think, yeah, men do get that question, and so that is inherently part of the pressure that they feel. I think that that stems from women at a much younger age getting that pressure from so many like parts of society, media, uh, older generations of family. So then the woman feels pressured mm-hmm. to get married. Therefore, that pressure kind of is then relayed onto the man who then feels like maybe they're not ready yet because they are not receiving that same pressure from right. outside forces. I'm not even, uh, I, you know, I fully agree with that. I wasn't yeah. even talking about like the, the, I may not be ready yet kind mm-hmm. of, th- I was talking about like, what if a man doesn't want to, just doesn't want to, Oh yeah. but he feels the pressure to, because that's what society defines is, you know, part of a successful adulthood is to become married. So you have a lot of guys that are like, you know, have this, I don't want to get tied down. I don't want to have this ball and chain attitude, but they're going through it anyway because they're like, well, I, you know, I owe it to her. I've been with her for yeah. a while and I'm going to get married eventually. It's like, well, maybe this person isn't being honest with themselves and is like, they don't want to get married. Right. And and all of those things and those ideas is what promotes this idea of like the nagging woman mm-hmm. and the ball and chain. Mm-hmm. And all. I hate that stuff. It's it's once you think about it there's so many factors in play mm-hmm. that create this idea oh yeah uh you know it, and it comes from all directions yeah so i mean i think just that's one stereotype that just needs to get squashed it's like uh, the solution to that is don't get married until you're ready don't let anyone but the two of you in the relationship be the ones to make that decision and it really should be a decision between the two of you mm-hmm. like i don't know of anyone anymore that really gets engaged without having a discussion about it beforehand. Yeah. Like I know you and I, we had lots of conversations yeah, about, about it. it. Yeah. And it, I mean, if you had just sprung it on me, I don't know if I would have had the same reaction yeah. because, <laughs> because, because I mean, who at this point in time, it's just, it's almost inconvenient. <laughs> well, yeah. And y- you, you start to see that reflected in media now, mm-hmm. like the, in TV shows and movies or whatever, the the uh, surprise out of nowhere proposal is always received very poorly because that's not something that w- we logistically can do anymore as people. It's like you just can't you just can't spontaneously do yeah. that. There's a lot of it's it's like spending um, without the consent of your spouse. It's like I can't buy a car without letting you know because that's yeah we kind share of, finances we share finances yeah. and so. Yeah. Well, and that stems from um, like the idea of whose permission it was to get Mm -hmm. engaged. Yeah. Um, But we'll chat about that in a second. Um, So the next stereotype that we want to touch on is um, like expenses when it comes to proposals. So you go ahead and talk about that because you're the one who did it. Yeah. So when I was in 12th grade, uh, my English teacher told us that if we didn't save three months income for the engagement ring, that we'd never get married. Three months? Three months. Like three months of pay? 
payments. Like if I made $2,000 a month, I would have to spend $6,000 on an engagement ring at the very least. That's insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's also really subjective because not everyone has the same amount of income. Well, and that's I guess that's kind of like where it comes from traditionally is the ring you buy oh. shows how much you are worth as a man. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. And that's just uh, I mean, that's just speculation from from that like just that tradition in general. Yeah. Um and so I I thought that was nuts. And you know, it's funny, uh you know, I don't really I don't really make anything. I'm kind of unemployed <laughs> right now. So three times zero is zero. <laughs> but um, I did well, I think. I, I, oh, yeah. I, so I didn't go in with an, a number. Like I went in. My dad helped me finance it. We got a, a nice budget, right? Yeah. But I went in looking for the ring. Not the number. Like not the mm-hmm. expense. But what style you like. I had a whole Pinterest board of things that you would <laughs> like. I knew you liked the sapphires. I knew you wanted a band. So I went in with price completely out of mind. And I think that that was, um, I mean, that you have a, a gorgeous ring and you love the ring. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, I think the more important thing is the sentiment of it or, or the – yeah. Just knowing what your partner wants and likes. Well, and so many women now, like, don't want a big engagement mm-hmm. ring. It's, it, while they're beautiful, and I do know lots of people who have real hefty diamonds and stuff, not everyone is the same, like, they, not everyone has the same yeah. style or the same taste. And not so, everybody can have a big, fat rock, and not right. everybody wants one. And I think when you are deciding to propose to your significant other, that price should not be in mind but exactly what you said preference mm-hmm. like knowing what your partner would like and would enjoy wearing on their finger every day because like yeah i wear it every single day when it's something that and lots of people don't even get engagement rings now mm-hmm. people get you know necklaces people get tattoos mm-hmm. my dad got uh, a replacement wedding band <laughs> because well, my dad's lost four wedding rings now. I think four, I know at least two of them have been lost to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got his and it's like rubber. Yeah. It's like an elastic kind of, because his fingers started to swell. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, my mom used to have a real big rock, like a big solitaire and she used to scratch us all mm-hmm. the time. And that also got lost in the beach. And I think that the that, ocean. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the spontaneous thing. It's like, how can you spontaneously propose to somebody mm-hmm. and give them a ring that they're going to wear forever without them having some sort of, like, opinion yeah. on it? You know? Like, you love that ring, mm-hmm. I hope. I do. <laughs> and you're going to wear that forever. And Unless it gets lost at the beach. Unless it gets lost <laughs> at the beach. And you took part in the selection of that just yeah. by us having a conversation exactly. about what your preferences are, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, spontaneous engagements are just a no-go <laughs> in this day and age, yeah. first of all. It's just more convenient, and mm-hmm. it's it's truly more meaningful. Like, I know some people are like, I want to be spontaneous. I want a surprise. Or, mm-hmm. But what I will say, and this is coming from someone who does hate surprises, so I'm a little bit uh, subjective here. As much as uh, there will be meaning attached to surprise, there's always going to be more meaning when you really do have something that they really want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it just 
and the pressures of proposing between the expensiveness of it and the sentiment of it doesn't go just past the ring it goes into like creating the event as well so you mean like the actual proposal day yeah like the event um i think because i see a lot of people going really extravagant with it Mm -hmm. you know long red carpets candles everywhere Mm -hmm. you know flower petals what have you and there's a whole part of the wedding industry now where people actually will set up proposals for you yeah like it's people pay thousands of dollars for people to like blow up balloons and set up flowers and stuff like in hotel rooms and picnics and stuff and none of that is bad per se it's just expensive it's just expensive and what when you focus on spending Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the the proposal, and you sacrifice sentiment for that. I think that's when it gets to be too much or too dicey, you know. Yeah. Because I didn't spend anything on <laughs> the, the our proposal day other than dinner. Yeah, we had dinner right? after. We had dinner after I proposed to you, but the way in which I proposed was not only inexpensive in that it didn't cost me anything to do this Mm -hmm. but it was so incredibly personal to us that that's what made the proposal like that's what makes that story yeah um and we'll get into that in a sec um because i actually have some statistics for you if, if you're interested i absolutely want that so uh in a sample of men spending between two thousand dollars and four thousand dollars on an engagement ring um it's associated with a 1.3 times greater hazard of divorce as compared to spending less than that. Wow. So like less than $2,000 on a ring? Yeah. If, if you spend more than $2,000 on a ring, you, are one point, you have a 1.3 times greater chance of divorce. Whoa. Just because the more – and basically the more you spend on the ring, uh-huh. the more likely you are to get divorced. And, yeah. that, and that translates to the rest of the wedding as well. Yeah. Like we'll get into that in a future episode but there's more to say about how much you spend and really it's not the number Mm -hmm. that they're talking about it's the it's the intent to create a spectacle out of it yeah it's like an insecurity thing yeah exactly if you're insecure in your relationship you feel like you have to have a bigger production and spend more money to show like your love or your feeling you know what i mean right yeah like i mean Anybody that spends an exorbitant amount of money on the wedding just because it makes the wedding bigger, mm-hmm. um, there's they're more likely to get divorced because because of just the attitude that goes with it that like oh I need things to be extravagant in order to be a baseline you know good yeah. relationship. Well, and financial, financial pressures mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. is so great. The strain of spending on each other like that extremely frivolously and i do say frivolously because you could propose in ways that are way less Mm -hmm. um you know expensive so just by technical categorization it would be considered frivolous spending i mean can you imagine spending four thousand dollars to ask me a question you most likely know the answer to yeah and then us like getting into a fight and you not bringing up that you spent four thousand dollars on roses you know then it's like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then so there's like this insecurity and this barrier and just so much around 
excess spending when it comes to romantic gestures. Right. So there's there's actually a correlation between uh, annual household income and divorce rates, being that the more money you typically make as a household, the less likely you are to get divorced. Because I get that. <laughs> be- because financial disagreements are a huge factor in marital problems. So why would you establish your relationship together as a married couple by frivolously spending? Exactly. It's not like a one-to-one causation, Mm -hmm. but there's enough of a correlation there to be interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we actually saw a really interesting – well, we saw it on TikTok, but I think it was part of a guy's stand-up special. Mm -hmm. Um. And he said, uh, I'm not going to give him credit for it because uh, I don't agree with him. Um, But he said, the men's day is the proposal day and the wedding is for the woman. And I have so many feelings about that. And I understand where he's going with it. I understand that what he's trying to do is establish that men have a day and this is where they get to do this. And then women have this day. But I think it takes away the very meaning of a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, like it takes away the idea that the wedding is a celebration of the two of you, like the two of you celebrating your love and your unity uh, coming together as a family unit. You know, also something I didn't even think about till just now uh, that takes away her part in the proposal, as in if he asks her like. It almost takes away her choice, that mentality yeah. of, like, it's not about her. It's about him on this day. Yeah. So and it's completely <laughs> heteronormative. Like yeah, just well, to, yeah, of course. And I, I, there's a whole other episode on heteronormativity <laughs> when talking about weddings. Um, but, yeah, and, and, I mean, it, again, it takes away the responsibility of the man's part in the wedding journey. So if you – it seems to me that it's extremely similar to, like, the childbirth process. Men have this idea because biologically speaking, they partake in the creation of a child mm-hmm. and then they sit back while the woman does it mm-hmm. for nine months. <laughs> right. And while I understand that that biology, yeah. it seems to translate in a lot of mentalities that men have surrounding relationships with women. But even even though that's a biological fact, that does not mean that the man has to take a back seat and do nothing. You know, it's an attitude there that Mm -hmm. even though that that's biologically true, that attitude needs to change. Yeah. You know, and I know some people that have said like, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but some people are like, Oh, I don't want him to be a part of it. I want to make these decisions. So it's not just men that contribute Mm -hmm. to this mentality. It's also women who, who really do also partake in the idea that, okay, this is about me. Mm-hmm. So it's not just men being like, okay, girl, this is about you. It's also women being like, no, 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 no. I don't care what he has to say. It's about me. And so neither one is completely uh, in the right when talking about that stereotype of mm-hmm. like, you know, taking a back seat and letting it be all about the woman. Cause it's really about the two of you. Yeah. And I think both, I mean, men and women are victims of this mm-hmm. kind of mentality that's been put in place, and so it's not like we're not we're not jabbing at you saying that if you if you <laughs> if you familiarize yourself with some of the things that we're saying, um, it's not that you're like terrible and a bad person. It's that you you know 
you've fallen victim to this kind of mentality that we're trying to yeah to correct well and it's when we say things like stereotype things are stereotyped for a reason mm-hmm. it's not necessarily because they're true but because they're common mm-hmm. and common stereotypes are assumptions that many people in society believe to be truth or just believe to be the norm mm-hmm. and that's really what we're trying to comment on and also like really kind of uh dispel the idea is that that is the norm because it's really not like the fact that people think wedding planning is girly or feminine is just like it's just not no like how is having a party where you like eat and drink and like be in love how is that inherently girly yeah and i think that's what people forget is that a wedding is a party Mm -hmm. to celebrate two people and a wedding doesn't to be well a wedding doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. any one thing yeah. It doesn't have to be the traditional, you know, royal wedding, you know, doves flying everywhere. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You know? And that's something we are extremely embracing through the wedding yeah. process, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about both of you celebrating your love. Mm-hmm. So, men, like, stop thinking that getting excited about wedding planning is girly. You get to dress up, and I do say dress up. In a really nice suit, if you choose. Yeah. Um, you get to, like, really get pampered. And self-care is not feminine. It is just <laughs> necessary. Yeah, it's a basic human necessity, <laughs> just and, so you know. And you get to celebrate, like, this love that you have in this life. You're starting with this other person. And, like, I don't know how anyone would want to remove themselves from mm-hmm. that, you yeah. know? I think that something else that people normally associate with proposals is this idea of uh asking the dad's permission before asking for his daughter's hand in marriage you know oh i have a statistic about that yeah okay so um it was originally uh for financial gain in um it started in ancient rome Mm -hmm. and um marriage was a transaction between fathers and families Mm -hmm. to ensure wealth is gained or maintained so the tradition dates back to yeah, like like when the Romans were still out right. and about. Um, <laughs> uh, the grooms would give the father of the bride a symbolic coin. Oh, yeah. Um, and by accepting the coin, the father has given the groom permission to marry his daughter, and he would only accept the coin if the groom could prove that he was of wealthy family or of status mm-hmm. or yeah, it could bring um, I guess a financial gain or uh, financially maintaining uh, the status of the family. So they really was a transaction from father to groom. Wow. Yeah. So like if um, there was a woman of wealthy status and she fell in love with like a farmer who had nothing, even if he presented the coin to the father, the father would probably say no because the transition of wealth goes from man to man. And if that man was not already of status, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't like he – it wasn't it's like a bad business yeah move. exactly Ugh. yeah he, and um so yeah that's totally where that comes from and so i know a lot of people want that and they find it really meaningful to like get the parents permission and or, or get the blessing right because mm-hmm. now it's kind of translated into oh i'm i'm gonna do this do i have your blessing mm-hmm. um and and that's that's not a requirement anymore so it's no, like but a lot of people still <laughs> but people want to do it yeah because you know they they want to know that they're accepted into the family right but it's not a a 
necessity for that transaction yeah. to occur. And I understand that a lot <laughs> of people, um, a lot of people do like to do it, especially if they have more traditional values. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing what it's rooted in, I really don't like it. I really don't support it. Yeah, and that's I. I took a different approach with it. What'd you do? Um, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, uh, but I I got the ring. I finally got the ring like maybe 12 hours before I proposed to you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was very excited about it. And so we were over at your parents' house and I had the ring in my pocket. <laughs> and your dad was outside. Uh, it, was, it was dark. Like he was. What? He was just out <laughs> on the sidewalk. I don't know. What was Every- he doing? I don't know. He's looking at stuff. Oh, he was probably looking for rabbits. <laughs> probably. My, da- my dad has this like feud with the rabbits in his neighborhood that keep like eating his grass and peeing on the lawn and then killing the grass yeah and my dad is really <laughs> so attached to the grass so he's probably just like protecting yeah the so lawn. while your dad was on the hunt uh <laughs> i went out and visited him in his domain and uh i just stood next to him and you know we're both standing there kind of looking around and i said uh hey uh, i wanted to show you something and i opened up the little ring case and it had that light inside so even mm-hmm. though it was dark outside, it was like this little ching, you know, <laughs> this little shiny ring. And uh, your dad's so funny. He goes, is that for me? <laughs> I said, uh, no, no, it's it's for Aaron. He goes, oh, okay. And, <laughs> and that was go. it. Yeah. He was like almost upset that it wasn't for him. He's no. like, fine. <laughs> no, well, and he's, he's very of the mind, too, that it's like, well, she's going to. Like it's up to her, you yeah. know. He's always been like that. It's so I, I I didn't ask him. I just showed him. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this. Wanted to let you know ahead of time." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and yeah. and some people don't even do that. And if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have mind either. Like, yeah. Um, but I think it's funny that you did. That. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cute. Um, so another thing that is associated with proposals or um, like doing engagement yeah in engagement is um moving in together yeah so there are really two schools of thought about this mm-hmm. there are those who say no and it is usually for religious purposes mm-hmm. people are like you do not move in with your significant other before marriage and it's usually because of sex right yeah. you don't want to have premarital sex okay that's fine that's fine um for those of you who feel that way okay great i'm glad that you have your values 100 percent. however um, there's, there's another, another school, school of thought and it's, um, really, I think more prominent now and people say, yes, you need to move in together before you get engaged. Cause it's the best way to know your partner. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just don't know who that person is until you have spent 24 hours with them and have watched them brush their teeth. Yeah. It's just practical. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if, if we are going to be married and we are going to have, uh, joint finances and we're gonna eventually at some point be logistically taking care of everything as a team Mm -hmm. there needs to be transitionary periods just to ease that yeah and so i think like if you were to just you and me we're living in our own places and then we get engaged we're still living in our own places doing our own things having our own whatever and then we get married, then we move in together and have to try to figure out everything. Yeah. You know, and especially if, if that stuff isn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there's just there's things that we can't seem to agree on. There's like 
stuff that just isn't uh, compatible. Yeah. It's it's kind of a rude awakening to have. Okay, now we've we've decided to be together forever, and we're clunking our way through the first couple months because we have we have no transitionary period. You know, so we we moved in together and we uh, almost a year before we got engaged. Yeah. You know. And I think that really helped because if we had gotten engaged before we moved in, just like knowing the things that we've been through and the things we've learned about each other since, um, I think it would have been a lot harder on our relationship yeah. because you always have that coin of like, well, we're supposed to get married, yeah, you know? And, and so when you proposed to me, I already had seen you in your low lows and you had seen me in mine and yeah. we had established a good, um, you know, method of communication. And of course we're still work always working on that. But I really do think that once we moved in together, we grew so much that when you asked me if we wanted to get married, there was no doubt in my mind because I already knew what our life would look like. Right. And, and I think that's, I just think that in today's day and age, it's just so much better to do that yeah. that way. Cause can you imagine not knowing each other's cleaning habits until we were already married? Oh yeah. <laughs> that would have been a problem cleaning habits spending habits mm -hmm. like all of these you, you have to know the person first before you get married before you get engaged and speaking from personal experience uh i didn't do that the first time you oh, know? with your first right. marriage i i was living on base she had her own home um we got married and i moved in within like a month and I mean, with the military, that was the only way that I could move out. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that. So there really wasn't an opportunity for you guys to live together before you got married because you could only live off base if you. I did get I married? would have had to wait another, I'd say, eighteen months before Ugh. I was able to even move off base. Yeah. Before they would let me move off base. And you, you did know? not like it on base. No, huh? no, I hated it on base. Yeah. And so, like. No, we didn't we didn't really have that opportunity to do mm -hmm. that. And so when dating you, I was like that's something that I really wanted. I wanted to take take the time. Yeah. to do that, to get to know you, you know. Absolutely. And for you to know me because I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that <laughs> I do and and things that I have that it takes getting used to. So <laughs> I like you. You know, now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about all of the, like, well, not all of the, but many no, of the so stereotypes many. and yeah. norms surrounding proposals. Um, now we want to talk a little bit about proposal etiquette. Ooh, this so, is a fun one. Well, this is completely our personal views right yeah. now. So if you did this or did not do this or whatever, please don't be like, they suck. Like, <laughs> we do, but probably not because of this. This is just our personal <laughs> opinions. Um, so when we initially talked about getting married, I gave you a criteria, a set of rules. Yeah. Do you remember what they are? Um, I remember <laughs> that it was that I could not propose, uh, before January 1st, 2020. Yeah. And I really, I really set us up for failure <laughs> with that one. <laughs> um, I couldn't propose until the new year. I could not propose on a holiday mm -hmm. or a special event. Mm -hmm. Right. So birthdays, you yeah. know. Um, just, I, I couldn't propose one of the other things I couldn't propose, um, in public, like 
not not in public at all. Like with like a crowd. But with crowds, yeah. yeah. Like if we were at the state fair and there was a thousand people in our immediate vicinity. Yeah, I do know. love the fair, but yeah. like, no, no, don't no. propose to me there. Right. <laughs> Let me enjoy the fair. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, those are the ones that I can immediately remember. I think that's all that I said. Right. And then we had talked about the ring. Yeah. So, so um, but I had no intention of doing any of those things anyway. So it was very nice. Well, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. So not during a holiday or event. I think it takes away from the event. Like, I completely understand people who choose to do it on Christmas or on their birthday or something because it's a gathering and they – Lots of people want to share it with their families. Right. Lots of people do. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it. I am just not one of those people. I get super embarrassed. Mm-hmm. My family is absolutely wonderful and loves each other very much, but they are not like outwardly affectionate in that way. Mm-hmm. And I am very much not like that. And mm-hmm. so um, I, I don't want it on a big holiday. One, because I don't need that big gathering, but also because – I want to enjoy that holiday. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it's Christmas, I want it to be Christmas. Um, Same thing with like an event. Um, I remember initially we had talked about like, I said, okay, if you propose to me right now, what would you do? And you said that you would like just, this was just rapid fire. And you were like, oh, well, I would do it right after you saying, take me out to the ball game at the Angels because you'd be on the Jumbotron. and, And I said, no, because that's something that like, I do. That's like my achievement. Mm-hmm. And when people are like, woohoo, that's because I just sang. And that's like an achievement that I had. And if you were to propose, it becomes about the two of us. And it really does kind of take away. Take away from you. Also, yeah. you would have gotten fired. but I would have totally gotten fired. But like. Uh, but I didn't know that. when. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. You asked me rapidly and I just came up with. Oh, yeah. The because I, I think that goes back to, again, the expectation that you have to do it in mm-hmm. a grand yeah. way. With a big gesture. Grand gesture. Yeah. And. I, I don't want to be that personal on the Jumbotron, right. you know? Um, we also do shows together, and mm-hmm. to to propose to you at a final bow is, like, a big no-no just because, you know, again, that's taken away from your accomplishment. Right. Taking away the accomplishment of the show, it's, pr- it's pretty selfish. Yeah, or, like, a know? graduation or something. Or, and, yeah, anything like that. And we have friends who um, – have gotten engaged on special occasions or actually at a show and stuff. And I will say I cried. It was very touching. It was beautiful. And if they don't mind that, if they were like, wow, how special that this is something we both love and Mm -hmm. we are asking, it's completely personal preference. But what I will say is talk to your partner about it because if you don't, then you don't know if they feel strongly about yes, do it during a special event or no, don't do it during a special event. So really it's not even, this is common etiquette. It's, it's just all about personal preference. Right. And that what what's kind of funny, I think about that, is my parents uh, got engaged on a holiday and your parents got engaged on yeah. an event. Okay. Right? Tell, like, how did your parents okay. get engaged? So um, my dad uh, had just gotten out of the Navy, I think, and um, he – and my mom moved into my grandma's attic. That's what they were, That's where they were living. Um, it was the two of them in this tiny little attic. And for Christmas, he had put uh, the ring in her stocking, right? Oh. And when they went to open stockings, she dumped everything out and the, <laughs> like completely glossed over the ring because she just kind of like shook it out uh-huh. onto the floor and was rummaging through stuff. 
And so he was like, what the hell? So he picked it up and, <laughs> and so asked funny. her. Yeah. And uh, that's that's just what they did. They Dad decided. Mm-hmm. I, For him, I think he was like, I just want to marry her as soon as possible because I love yeah. this woman. And so the the whether or not it was on a holiday didn't really matter. Well, and it's so sweet because she still has that stocking. Yeah. He had bought that stocking for her. And then the next year she bought one that looked very similar for him. And now every single family member. So uh, all of their kids, mm-hmm. all their kids, significant others. And now Abby as well. Like we all have a stocking mm-hmm. that looks very similar to that. And they tell the story like every year and it's extremely sweet yeah. and they were able to pass that down. So, and that was something that for them, completely touching and still is extremely sentimental to them. And they yeah. give like cute things in their stocking every year that like, it's just so cute. Um, <laughs> my parents, yeah, they got engaged during a special event. So it's funny cause my mom told me that she was ready to get married a couple years before my dad was, um, because they had been together for 10 years before they got married. My parents were first dating in high school mm-hmm. And then they went all through college, moved in together, started careers. My dad got his master's and then they got engaged. (laughs) And it wasn't like anything. I don't think my mom really put a lot of pressure on him or anything. They just had the conversation. And then once they had the conversation, I think my mom thought it was going to happen. And then it didn't happen for a while. Mm. I I think I remember her telling me that they went on a cruise and she thought through the whole cruise that he was going to propose and he didn't like when they went on the cruise um i'll have to ask her but i'm pretty sure that that's that's something she did say to me um because i remember her saying like yeah i was definitely ready before he was and i don't think that it was that he wasn't ready i think that it was he wanted to make sure he had a ring and that he could be for it um but my aunt donna my dad's sister um who my mom and dad were both extremely close with she had been living in germany with her husband and she was coming back and moving back to the states Mm -hmm. and um so my dad organized this huge party for her and my mom was kind of like oh wow you know like that's so sweet um and every single person i they told me this a long time ago so the details are probably not right but from what I remember, every single person knew that they were going to get engaged except my mom. Mm-hmm. And it was like a no-brainer. They had been together for so long. Yeah, 10 years. Uh, yeah. And so my dad like gets up at this party when everyone is there. And he says, all right, so I know we all are like here for Donna. Woohoo! Great. Glad you're back. <laughs> However, uh, that's not the real reason you're here. And then he got down on his knee and he proposed to my mom. And my mom was like, oh, and she was like totally surprised. And so he, he faked her out. And right. and it's really sweet. And I think. So it wasn't as much that he proposed on an event as in he created a faux <laughs> event yeah. to propose on. Yeah. But my mom <laughs> thought it was this event right. for somebody right. else. And, and I think my aunt Donna knew. So it yeah, was like, yeah. yeah. But, but can you imagine if she didn't? She'd be like, right? Buddy, hey, I damn know. It. That would be something he, he would totally do. Actually, I'm going to ask him. Did you tell her that it was? <laughs> that's what we're talking about. She said, this is my day. Mm-hmm. Come on. I know. Gosh. That's funny. So I think um, the biggest thing we can take away from this is that those who choose to propose in an intimate setting or those who choose to propose on a holiday, an event, a special occasion, in front of millions of people, whatever it is that you choose, make sure that it's something of meaning to you and your significant other. 
I think that that's, I, th- I think that that's the takeaway yeah. here. The most important thing is sen- sentiment. You yeah. Know, and, and what it means to you guys above, you know, all things. Yeah. And s- just a side note, um, for those who are planning on uh, proposing, lots of people do suggest that, um, you get a photographer, a videographer, even a friend to like secretly, um, take photos. I, I, two schools have thought about this it's really sweet to have that proposal however lots of people want that proposal to be just the two of them yeah um we did not have a photographer for our uh proposal and i really i don't think yeah that, like, we, want, we wanted we needed it to be it. intimate yeah yeah and because of that that's like an experience that just the two of us have that we can share mm-hmm. rather than like post and yeah. I have also seen videos and photos where people get proposed to and it's absolutely beautiful and I cry. So mm-hmm. like yeah. it's not one is better than the other. It's just talk to your partner about what they would prefer if they are leaning on the side if they don't care if it's public or if they like a big event like that, mm-hmm. then definitely consider getting it photographed. Yeah. Um and that uh, that's actually a question too. When you sit down, you talk about the ring, you talk about the expense, you talk about those criteria proposal, but you also talk about like would you want it to be photographed or like is the moment uh enough like you know it's just it's just a question to ask yeah i think uh, communication has been consistently regarded as the most important part of a relationship yeah and i think that includes big event things like this absolutely so speaking of like yeah. how we got engaged do you want to tell that story absolutely well okay so to tell the story of how we got engaged, it's actually three parts. Um, and I'm going to let you tell the first part because you okay. were the author of the story. Right. So I had been working on this fantasy series for a long time. And one of the things that I tried to do was take um, a holiday from like our world mm-hmm. and figure out, okay, well, what would this holiday be like? in this world, in this fantasy, and what would the tra- how would the traditions be different? Mm-hmm. And so I took something like Valentine's Day, and I kind of came up with this um, spring ceremony. It's like a week long, and uh, the people would throw water out of their windows onto the dirt roads and make it, it all muddy. And then for that whole week, uh, the young women in the town would hike up their dresses and they would walk through the mud uh, all around town uh, and head towards the person who they intended to marry. They would they would go to his house. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they got there, if he opened the door, they would present their dirty foot to him as the act of proposing. And if he accepts, he calls in somebody, they bring in a basin, and he would get down and wash her feet. And it was this this promise of, you know, I will I will take care of you, I will nurture you, we will, you know. And it and I thought it was really cool that it's the women who get to decide to propose. You know, that's that's it's kind of a it's their decision. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I remember like cuz when we first started dating, uh, cuz you probably told me this like within the first 2 months of us dating. Yeah. Um, we would just sit in the car and talk. Mm-hmm. And so I learned so much about just like what you were writing about and what you wanted to do in the future. And, and I would tell you the same. And so that was just like one of the many stories 
that you told me when you know we first started dating yeah so <laughs> a couple months later um we were on a double date with your brother and his girlfriend mm -hmm. and it had just rained now southern california when it rains it's a big deal right because <laughs> <laughs> does not often rain where we are and so we were like oh it just rained let's go down it was like right around christmas time i think it was like november um we were like, let's go down to downtown, downtown Riverside. And we There's, saw the festival. Yeah, of lights it's beautiful, like a beautiful display. Um, this was about two years ago. So this was 2018 um, when things were still semi-normal. <laughs> um, but we got some hot cider. We walked Ooh. around and we looked at the lights, right? Just really, really nice time. And uh, we were starting to walk your brother and his girlfriend back to their car where mm -hmm. they had parked. And it had rained, as previously stated. Um, and he's <laughs> laughing at me. And I stepped in a, I'm going to say a pit of mud. <laughs> Not even a puddle of mud or, you know, a, a, a pile of, a pit of mud. <laughs> I fell and actually like lost like a foot and a half of height <laughs> because my leg... <laughs> From my toes to my knee was covered in mud. You had to help me out of the earth mm -hmm. because I had fallen into the equivalent of quicksand, but it was just wet dirt. It, it wasn't even like that whole <laughs> patch, you know, of, of grassy area was mud. No. It was just that one particular foot of space yeah. was a hole. It was like... There was the street, the sidewalk, this piece of concrete next to a stop sign, and then, like, maybe enough of a grass space for my foot to step there. Yeah. And it fell into the mud, <laughs> completely <laughs> covered. I am embarrassed because I still don't know your brother too well and his girlfriend too well. I'm still semi-new. And, um, yeah, just completely mortified, <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> and my shoe was ruined. My, my pants were ruined. So Max, um, he, you know, we say goodbye to his brother while he's like wiping his tears from laughing at me. <laughs> and I'm like trying to hold back tears of embarrassment. And, um, you know, it, you all of a sudden, it, it was like you just knew what to do, right? Because you. Um, I did, yeah. We walked maybe 50 feet or so, and there happened to be this just big puddle like really big in the middle of this plaza in downtown Riverside. And it looked like where maybe a fountain had been or where something once was because there was a storm drain, but it was clogged. Yeah. And so there just was this pool of water from the rain in, in this otherwise concrete street. Like plaza. Yeah. And, um, you took off my shoe and sock, you rolled up my pant leg and, you just started to wash mm -hmm. my leg off in this puddle. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I remembered that story that you wrote and I smiled like I, all my embarrassment had gone away. And I looked at you and I was like, Hey, it's like your story. And you looked up at me and I don't think I had ever seen that look before on your face. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, ever in my life 
I have told somebody something like that, like a story that I've created, and have them remember it like that. You know, I, I, unless they were a collaborator on that yeah. project, whenever I tell people stories, they're like, oh, that's nice. And then it just kind of fades from their memory and it doesn't it doesn't sink into anybody because it doesn't matter. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, OK, uh, OK, you well, know, you matter to me. And yeah. And and I discovered that that, that day. <laughs> And it was just something that, you know, every now and again, we'd be like, oh, my gosh, remember when you stepped in mud and you washed my foot? Like, <laughs> just funny, right? But then a year. But it's more than that. Yeah. So a year and some change had passed. Flash forward to March of 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, we were going downtown to downtown Riverside to have dinner, right? We had gotten a babysitter uh, for Abby and you were like, okay, I want to take you out to dinner. Just, yeah, just because, right? There was no particular reason. It was pie day, uh, mm -hmm. 3.14. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought we were celebrating pie day. <laughs> well, and that that was a good cover story, too, because you have that thing on your phone where it tells yeah. you the day, you know, the, the national holiday. That's what I was going to say. So I have this app, and <laughs> it tells you what the national holidays are on every single day. And last year I started doing this where, uh, well, ooh, 2019, wow. two years ago, um, I, I downloaded the app because I said that I wanted to celebrate something every day because I like looking forward to things. <laughs> and when like something happens and like my birthday, if it comes and goes, then I get really sad. Right. Yeah. And so I kept myself from doing that because then I would just have something else to celebrate the next day. So you thought we were celebrating <laughs> Pi Day. Yes, I thought we were going to go get Pi. But anyway. <laughs> so that we were. It didn't occur to me until just now. Right? And like the downtown Riverside, it's a nice place. It has some really nice restaurants. Um, but it wasn't like suspicious because we had gone down there. We Like it's a place we frequent, right? Yeah. Um, we were there a couple weeks ago. But. It had just rained <laughs> on Pi Day. And um, so we were like in coats and sweaters. And I went to go turn one way and you go, no, 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 no. Let's let's go this way. Right. And you led me over and we walked through the plaza. And what do you know? That same big puddle was there because it had just rained. Mm -hmm. And so we walk over and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it wasn't even suspicious because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, sentimental. Let's go. Yeah. And so I like walked you over there and I looked down into the water and I like I got this feeling of just love and sweetness. And I was like, oh, our puddle. And I turn around and you were on one knee. Yeah. And. How did you ask me? Uh, I was shaking so much. And the, here's the thing. I knew she was going to say yes. We've been talking about it forever. This is something we both knew that we wanted to get married someday. And so I had no reason to fear that she was going to say no. But I was still so nervous. I was shaking so much. And when she looked into my eyes, I just said, Will you? And, and I, she said, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. And then and then I do remember, like, I didn't even really look at the ring because I got so nervous, too. Right. I just had you put it on my finger. And I remember the next thing I said was, it's not going to fit. 
and you were like, it's going to fit. And you put it on my finger. <laughs> and then um, we were completely alone in this plaza. Right. Like it was empty. Um, but then these people came out of these stores to like applaud. Yeah. And we got so embarrassed that we ran to the other we side like, of the street. Uh Thank you, thank you. We got a dinner reservation. Yeah, there was you know. this group of girls, and they were like, let me take your picture. And I was like, no. Like, I got so embarrassed. <laughs> and so we ran to the other side of the street, and that's when I finally looked at the ring, and I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then I cried. <laughs> yeah. But it was so much, like, I feel like our adrenaline was like, ooh. And it was. So it we was. really just, there was no crying. There was no kissing or anything. Until we ran across the street because yeah. we got so embarrassed. <laughs> we got really flustered. We did. We don't, we don't, we're not that type of person to get flustered that easily. It you was know? A new... But it was a big moment. Yeah. And we became turtles. We were just like, <laughs> we, can't, we gotta go. <laughs> but it was truly perfect. And so when people ask me, how do we get engaged? Because it's such a long story and most people don't care. Uh, I just say that we got engaged in front of a puddle, yeah. and it's really cute to see how confused they look. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was getting at with, you know, the expense of the proposal and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you can spend, you know, thousands of dollars and make it really spectacular, and that's awesome. But I would advise not to s sacrifice sentiment yeah. For spectacle. Absolutely. Because that is something that we had that is extremely unique to us. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was a story that then became, uh, you know, a nice moment, beautiful moment. And then the proposal was a reference to both of those things. Yeah. And that that's so beautiful. And it means the world to us that that moment. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about proposing to your significant other i i encourage the idea of making it meaningful above all else and communicate mm -hmm. there will always be a loss of meaning because you didn't ask yeah what your significant other would like just even hypothetically because then i guarantee you if you don't have that conversation there will come a point in time it might happen right after it might happen 10 years from now saying oh i wish that we had done that yeah and i can guarantee you that is not going to feel good no. <laughs> so we are going to end every episode with a fun little segment called did you know yeah. um we're gonna uh, uh, present each other with a fun fact a wedding tradition or um you know a part of history or something that has to do with weddings or marriage um sometimes from another part of the world mm -hmm. sometimes something super modern just however we feel um and yeah do you want to go first uh, sure yeah now since we're on the topic of proposals and stuff i thought it would be fitting to do one about proposals mm -hmm. did you know that in fiji in order to be able to ask for a woman's hand in marriage a man would have to present her father with a whale's tooth did you know that i did not know that well now you know how do they get the whales to you? Hunting, I'm sure. Is it like a journey? Like they have to be like, all right, I want to marry my love. So now uh, I have to go yeah. set out and, and kill a whale for its tooth oh. just so I can do that. Oh, well, so many whales have bristles. <laughs> they evolved to have bristles <laughs> because of marital <laughs> traditions. 
Oh, I wow, that's fascinating. Did you know that? I did not know. Well, now you know. Well, there we go. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> my fun fact: typically, when you are planning a wedding, you dread the idea of rain. Mm-hmm. Like it, everyone says. You need to have a backup plan if you're going to have an outdoor wedding or if even part of your wedding has to do with outdoors. Like our venue has both indoor and outdoor sections that we plan on using. Uh, And lots and lots of people just they dread it. That's why there's a wedding season because they want to have their wedding when there's not the dry season. Yeah. In the dry season when there's less likely of a chance of rain. Mm -hmm. However, according to Hindu tradition, it is actually considered good luck if it rains on your wedding day. Really? Yeah. Like, um, it's just supposed to be like a sign of happiness and, and prosperity in your marriage. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I like the rain, and obviously we like the rain. Cause well, yeah, I thought it was so <laughs> relevant because rain has such a big part of our engagement story. So mm. if... Uh, And I will say, God forbid, because I do want to use that outside part. (laughs) (laughs) It rains on our wedding day. Um, It'll be good luck. That's cute. Did you know that? I did not. Well, now you know. (laughs) So next episode, we'll be discussing Wedding Planning 101. We're going to give you guys a peek into all the awesome things we've already set in motion. And we're going to reflect on how COVID has affected the wedding planning process and the wedding industry. Thank you so much for listening to Something Blue, wedding planning with a 21st century bride and groom. I'm the bride. And I'm the groom. With 259 days to go, happy planning. Make sure you talk to your partner before you propose. Uh.